McAllister's among us. Feeling alone this Christmas season. Feeling like someone would make a call to send somebody to us just to check in. Some of us walked in uh, feeling that exact way. Uh, we can relate to that. So let me just start by, uh, by praying, God, I thank you. God, I thank you that every man, woman, and child in this room is not here by accident. Father, I thank you, Father, that where you spoke to Joseph thousands of years ago, in his loneliness, in his confusion, Father, you have a way of speaking to us again in this moment, here and now. Father, would you do that? Would your Holy Spirit move? Would we look to you uh, through the example of Joseph, look to you as king, look to you as, as worthy, Father, and allow you to speak to us as we might too feel lonely and confused in the midst of all of this. In your name, amen. It's the nature of the Christmas season, isn't it? Where, where we have friends and family, we, have, we, we miss certain loved ones. We, the, this has a, a way of bringing up a slew of emotions that can bring to many of us that feeling of being lonely and confused. And when we are feeling lonely and confused, don't we have a hard time seeing things clearly? Seeing all of the options, seeing, seeing how God might work or what, what might need to happen in any given situation. Do we really see things super well when we are in the midst of being lonely and confused? Joseph, we're going to look at him in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at his, his perspective today. I, I want you to see that he's in the midst of a dilemma that he himself did not create. And in the midst of that, he is feeling lonely and confused. He needed God to show up. He needed God to move. And God does just that. He shows up through this dream. He talks to him through an angel. And, went, and through that, he starts to understand God with us. And for Joseph, it changes everything. And for you and I today that walk in here might be maybe feeling lonely and confused, it changes everything for us. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. It will also be up on the screen or it's in the app either way. Uh, and it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary, undisputed, Mary is the mother of Jesus, ha had been betrothed. That's a way of saying engaged, uh, something that we'll get into in a second. It's a little bit different than marriage, but very similar to marriage given their culture. Engaged to whom? Joseph. Before they came together, now being adults in this room, that means they had not had sex. Uh, and she was found to be with child from whom the Holy Spirit. So when Matthew is writing this, sometime later, this, he's saying this matter of fact. This is a child of the Holy Spirit. There's no arguments. This is just very bland, very, this is how it is. And her husband, Joseph. Now, now, if you're Joseph, we know just by reading this now, he's engaged, married of sorts to Mary. But Mary's found to be with, with a child. Do you see the dilemma? Do you see the loneliness and the confusion that's going on? Did, did Mary get herself into a situation ship? Uh, it's it's cuddle season. Did Mary get into cuddle season? And you know, and you know, it's a Hallmark movie. And then one thing led to another. And what do we have going on? <laughs> Being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. At this point, Joseph hasn't had an angelic visit. At this point, Ma Mary Mary has heard from God. But what did Mary do? She headed to the hill country. <laughs> she, she heard, I'm going to be, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Oh, ooh, and she's out. So if you are Joseph, what are you thinking? Do you see, you see that loneliness and that confusion? Does she love me? Did she consent? Was she taken advantage of? Who's the father? 
See, in that, in that culture, there was a process to marriage. In that, in that culture, there, there was different stages. They were in that engagement process, but, but there was a legal contract with, with that engagement process. Two families would, would agree that my daughter, my, my son, they'll, they'll get married, uh, and they, they make a contract. They would exchange goods. The, the, the husband would go to a house and start preparing a house to take home his wife. They, it was a legally binding contract that required divorce to end it, but it meant in that betrothal or engagement period, you were not allowed to have sex until the wedding day. You would get married. It would then be all official. The house is ready. There's a big celebration. The families come together. And at that point, the wife leaves the, her father's house and goes to be with, with in this case, Joseph. The, so they find themselves in that engagement period, but not quite yet married officially. And it's in that moment that what's going on? Mary, Mary says, like, we're, I'm preparing a place. I'm a, I'm a carpenter. I'm, I'm preparing a house. Like, like what, and Mary says, like, she's, she's pregnant. She's, she's headed to the, to the hill country. And it's, and it's the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm a Jew. I know the Messiah is coming. I know, I know the virgin birth is in, the old, in, 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 my, in our scriptures. I know at some point this will come true. But come on. If you're sitting across from a coffee table giving advice to a friend, you, you have those friends where they're saying things, and you're like, I can see this so clearly, but they don't see it. Why can't they see this? Like, this is pretty obvious. Like, can you imagine if you're sitting across from a table, and Joseph's there, and, and he's like, yo, come on, you, you know, a Jewish man to Jewish man. Like, you know, like, the Messiah's coming. <laughs> and Mary, she loves me. I love her. And she, she says she didn't cheat on me, that it's, it's. It's of the Holy Spirit. Like, this is of God. God put her. Like, if you're sitting there, like, you're thinking, like, huh? Like, I know if it's me, I'm going to say something that I'm probably going to regret. I'm probably going to tell him, like, listen, it sounds like Mary put the ho, ho, ho back in Christmas. Like, what? Like, come on now. Like, this is, this can't, like, you're, you don't actually buy this. And so it brings the confusion. It brings the loneliness. Because when, when Joseph has some options before him, he's choosing the merciful one. He's heartbroken. You see in this text, this is not just an arranged marriage. He loves Mary. He had, he had two options before him, as he saw. He, he could go to the public, the public route. It was within his right. He was just to say, I will kill Mary. I'll call all the men of the village. We will stone Mary. It will uphold my honor. This will say that this is not my child. We will, we will take care. That would be just and culturally right. Or... It's been four months, but it's not known to the public yet. I can divorce her privately. And he chooses what is merciful. He, he chooses to do, instead of what is right, stoning her, he chooses to do what is good and is considered just because of it. He went to bed one night thinking, what, what options do I have? He's, he's lonely and he's, he, and he's confused. He's only seeing two different options. And maybe you're in a place right now where you see one of two options. You don't know which way to go. But God has a way of showing up just when we need him with an option that we had never seen. And so what is your right this, this Christmas season? Well, what is something where you're hanging on, well, well I, I, I'm going through a divorce, and it's my right to do this, 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 this Christmas season. It's my right to withhold this, this, and this, this Christmas season. Or I'm working a job, and it's my right to do this, this, and this, this Christmas season. Uh, I'm at school, and it's my right. Or I'm in a family, and my child is doing this. It's my right to do this, this, and this. There's no other option. I'm going to do what I am obligated to do. I'm going to do what is right for me. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what is even considered just to do. And maybe we need to take a, a page from Joseph's book. 
God's book, but Joseph's in it, <laughs> and say, I'm going to forgo what is my right to do what is merciful and good. Here's how this continues. He says, but he considered these things, and behold, an angel of the Lord. So as Joseph is considering, as Joseph is pondering, as Joseph is falling asleep at night, wondering, what should I do in that moment when he needs God most? God shows up. Appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. So, so Joseph is from a kingly line. This is, this is critically important. Joseph is not just some average Joe, if you will. Joseph is, is kingly. Joseph is, has, a, has a right to the throne. Joseph is go, he's going to make sure that Jesus, because of, of heritage, because of he's going to be the legal line for Jesus, is part of the kingly line. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. That hit me as I thought about that phrase. What is Joseph going to fear? You know what I think Joseph fears? Self-image. If I take Mary to be my wife, well, she did the dirty, dirty, and it wasn't with me, and now she's pregnant. That's what people are going to think. They're, or they're going to think, I did that before we were actually married? Oh, in the Jewish cult? No. Self-image, self-image, self-image. Do not fear that. And she will bear a son. It's a boy. It's a gender reveal. What did your gender reveal have? Joseph's had angels. There it is. No coincidence. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will what? Save his people from their sins. And this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Behold, the virgin. So confirming to Joseph very clearly, your wife is a virgin. Uh, Jesus is 100% unique in that regard. Shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. There's two names mentioned in this text for Jesus. First, Jesus, meaning God save us. Meaning, meaning that he's coming to earth with a mission, a mission for mankind where we can't save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, we don't need to look at God and say, Lord, save us. We, we, Jesus comes knowing that we have an issue with sin. He's not coming to make life just a better option. He's not coming to say, hey, let me help you figure out how to save yourselves. No, he's coming to be Savior. He's coming. That was at the start of his ministry. It's at the end of his ministry. That is why Jesus is fully God and fully man. He is unique, able to reconcile mankind to God Almighty. There is not a single person in this room that is perfect. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't have the wrath of God over their life. So you can't die for me if you and I have the same penalty. But Jesus was born a virgin, which means he did not have inherited to him a sinful nature by his parents. The virgin birth is of critical importance. And then he went on to live perfectly. So he maintained perfection. So he's uniquely able to save mankind from their sins. And then he has a second name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. We celebrate uncommon relationships. We value that. But we also value generosity. Can you think of a more generous God celebrating an uncommon relationship than a God that would say, I'm going to send my son from, from the glories of heaven to be born in a feeding trough because he's a generous God that loves you and loves me and doesn't want mankind to sit in their sin. This relationship between God with us is, is a picture of, of generosity. Now, I, I have kids. This, 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 this forces me to think about my kids and specifically my boys, my sons. 
my, my boy Landon, he, he's, he's, he's different than Brady, but they, they both love my words. They both love my presence. They both love, they both love those things, but they love them to varying degrees. Landon, Landon, words are big for Landon. I know when Landon speaks words to me, I know that they're really meaningful because they're meaningful to him. That's why in worship, you might see me praising, and then he'll tap me. He just did it and said, Dad, I'm praying for your sermon. He does it every single sermon, and it always just moves me because I'm like, he doesn't say those things without meaning those things. And I know that then when it comes time for punishment, I know that, that my words are, are going to be sharp to him. But I know when they're sharp, they're going to penetrate. They're going, they're going to hit him. That my words also have to be caring and loving. Uh, he has to hear and feel both of those things. I know that when he's challenged, that, that money means a lot to him. Uh, he likes presents. And so I'm like, Landon, I'll give you $5 to do X, Y, Z. I know that $5 can get him to do anything. But if he is scared... He'll then look to his brother, Brady, and say, Brady, you go first. <laughs> and Brady doesn't need money. He just needs a good challenge. And Brady will do anything. He's going to cost my family a lot of money at some point. Like, Brady will do anything. And I know with Brady that my, me being present, me, me, me seeing him take a shot, me, me actually playing basketball with him, those things mean something to him as well. And I know that that also has to play into when it comes time for, for punishments. And so Brady's on the football team, and, uh, and, and early on, he, he got into a fight. We're like, Brady, you're the pastor's kid. You can't go around punching people. And there was a kid giving him some cheap shops after the game or after the practices, after the play and whatnot. And Brady had finally had enough, and he slugged the kid. And we're like, you can't do that. And we're like, no. And so we, I was like, Brady, you made a mistake on the football. You, made, you, you sinned on, on the football field. We're going to handle this on the football field. And so we went uh, early to practice. And on my way to practice, it was raining. And so they canceled practice last minute. And so we went to the Barnegat Trail. And I said, okay, this kid's name wasn't Joseph, but we'll call, we'll call him Joe for the sake of the sermon. Uh, we're going like, to deal with this right here and right now. So we went to the Barnegat Trail. And we together started jogging. And I said, okay, stay with me. Stay with me. God loves people. And we just kept saying, God loves people. God loves people. And then we said, sprint. And Brady and I sprinted. And then we said, okay, we love what God loves. And we kept saying that. We were jogging, jogging, jogging. We love what God loves. And I said, sprint. And we sprinted together. And I said, okay, God loves Joe. Okay, we sprinted together. We went, 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 went. Sprint, go. We sprinted. God loves Joe. And I said, we love Joe. We were jogging, jogging, and then we sprinted. It's in the pouring rain. And finally, I just stopped and said, Brady, you have to stop doing this. We love what God loves. God loves people. And if God loves Joe, we love Joe. And I know that that moment meant so much to Brady. I know that he will remember that moment. When his daddy ran with him, when his daddy made a point, why? Because it spoke to what, what Brady needed to hear right in that moment. God with us changes things. God with us. You walked in here feeling alone. You walked in here feeling like God is distant. No, he wants to take the punishment that is meant for you to, to have to handle yourself. No, he, he wants to take that and handle it for you. Will you allow him to be God with you today and for the rest of this Christmas season and for the rest of your life? Or maybe you walked in here and you are a Christian and you feel alone. It's gone away from you. Will you allow God with us to again change everything for you? It can't be overstated. So can you guys do me a favor? Can you stand up? Stand up. Can you tap the person next to you and tell them our big thought for the morning? Our big thought for the morning is God with us changes everything. Tap the person next to you and say that.
It changes everything. If you... We're not greeting anybody. I'm not Carly. I didn't say that. All right. All right. Hey, how, how are you? All right. So if you are Joseph, wouldn't this change everything for you? Wouldn't this be a way to be encouraged to say, God is not distant. God is here when I need him most. And if you heard this, if you were Joseph, and at the end of this prayer, you'd understand that God is near when I need him most. What should it bring us to? It should bring us to a place of worship. And so we're going to sing a new song called, called Worthy. Carly will explain it in a second. And then I'm going to come back up here, and we're going to explain how we can walk in this, in this manner. Let me pray, and then we'll worship God. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to sing a new song, Worthy, Father, to declare to you this, this Sunday that you are worthy. To declare to you, Father, in the midst of feeling lonely, in the midst of feeling confused, Lord, that, that you are just that. You are Lord. You are near. Lord, I, as I pray to you and, I, and, and you hear my voice from your throne, you hear me speak. But you choose, you chose to send your son to walk among us. You are not distant. You are near. Because you are my Lord and you hear me. You are daddy, and I am your child. And may we worship you, Father, and for those that do not know the joy of saying that statement. That there Jesus set the race marked out for them. He ran to the cross because he loves me and everybody in this room. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. In your name, amen. You guys can uh, take a seat. So Joseph's feeling lonely, feeling confused. He has this visit. Perhaps it brings him to a place of worship. Perhaps he's at a place where he's saying, God, you are worthy. We don't see what he's saying, but we, but we know what he goes and does from that place. Uh, another version of worship is simply obedience. Obeying his Jesus. Obeying his Savior. Obeying his God. And so here's how, how the story now in our section concludes. It says, when, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. There was no back and forth. There was no, let me find Mary. Let me, let me just interrogate her. Like, did, was it really an angel? Like, did they really say that? Like, no, he, he wakes up and does what the Lord commanded. He took his wife and he knew her not until he had given birth to a son. Now, we're adults in this room. That means he got married. That means they had the ceremony. That means he took Mary back to his house. That means that Joseph, in his sexual prime, said, I ain't going to have sex with her until this, this child is born. And he called his name Jesus. This was a problem he didn't create, and he took her on as his own. He, he, he made this child his, his own. He selflessly acted quickly. He selflessly said, I went to bed pondering, thinking, considering one of two options. God spoke to me. He told me to go a certain way. In worship, I'm going to obey and instantly take her to literally go a new direction that I did not fall asleep thinking about. He understood the risks. He understood the costs. He had pondered these things, but he wanted to go a merciful place. Now he's saying, I'm going to take her in. What this little town of Nazareth is going to say about Mary, they're going to start saying of me. 
calling her all sorts of names, breaking all sorts of Jewish customs. What Mary did in their mind is unthinkable. And now for me to take her home, they're going to think I did the dirty, dirty with her before the marriage ceremony was complete. Now they're going, all the judgment, all the judgment, all the reputation. And he took it on himself, understanding the difficulties that would be theirs. Because Jesus knew God. God said, go and do. No one else in that town had an angelic visit. Can you imagine what they were saying? To be publicly misunderstood. See, Joseph had established priorities. Joseph, before this dilemma even came his way, was already committed to righteousness. He was going to go the merciful way. He, 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 the dilemma that came his way, he wanted to go about it in a righteous way. And God, and he wakes up and God says, here's the righteous way. Take her as your own. So Joseph chose obedience over suspicion. Joseph chose trust over, over fear. He believed what God said. Joseph is an everyday human being. He's your, again, he's your average Joe, if you will. He's, he's like us. He's, he's your nurse. He's your, he's your construction worker. He's your talent employee. He's your teacher. He's an everyday person committed to the righteousness of God. To doing extraordinary and, or, and, or, and extraordinary things through obedience. So last Christmas, we, we had this Christmas uh, show, Christmas experience, Christmas concert, whatever we did uh, last Christmas. But it wasn't on Christmas Eve. And afterwards, we're in, the, we're in the back room, and we're debriefing. We're thinking about, like, how did this go? How did, how did the whole experience go and whatnot? And we're like, man, it didn't reach as many unchurched people as, as we intended to reach. It, it, it didn't, it didn't, like the unchurched didn't say, hey, I want to come to a Christmas concert. It just didn't happen the way we wanted to. But as we're, as we're debriefing, I'm getting all the emails saying, hey, uh, I, I, they didn't say this, but what they said between the lines is, I come to church twice a year. I'm coming Christmas Eve. When's your Christmas Eve service? Like, oh, crud, we don't, we don't have any. Uh, and, and then, like, friends and family, like, oh, my friends and family are in town, or, or, or I can, I've, my friend said they'll come to church on, on Christmas Eve, and, oh, we had nothing to offer them. We were getting phone calls and emails, and we were like, man, we realized very quickly that, that to reach our mission, to reach people that no one else is reaching, that we needed to provide something for our community when they were the, the one, one of two times a year when they came looking for the church, and we weren't there. And so we're sitting in the room, we're like, no, like, guys, like, I love Christmas Eve. Like, I don't do the Christmas Eve church thing because I love being with my family, the family traditions. And this year, Christmas is in New Hampshire. I don't want to give that up. My mom, she does Christmas. Like, you don't understand. At 5 o'clock, I know she's going she's gonna to put before me uh, two pieces of bread that are lathered in, in, in butter. And in the middle is going to be this little, this, this, this sauce, this, not sauce, this, this hamburger patty with, with cheese on it. It's a patty melt. I you know, ever had a patty melt? I get it once a year. And it is, it is, it is great. Every Christmas Eve, I get this. And then, and then we go into, my, into the room and we get Christmas stockings. Now, in New Hampshire, this means that my mom goes to TJ Maxx and, and in the aisles uh, gets all those things that you don't typically buy because they're a waste of money. But at Christmas time, it's perfect. And it's a whole bunch of New England sports things. And I love that. And so uh, a handful of years, this is now 10 years ago when we had Walkmans. I got Red Sox. Uh, I got these uh, headphones or whatever. That was that was a winner. I got that. My mom, like, don't tell the Baptists in the room, but my mom every year gets me a lottery ticket. I've never won big, but I get a lottery ticket. I get I get beef jerky. It's always glorious. Uh, I get this is this is where I get the big poppy hot sauce. Uh, David Ortiz, some good hot sauce. Uh, I, I I get my I get my Red Sox toothbrush every single year in, in my Christmas stocking. Uh, I get there's a there's a coaster in here. I get the coaster. 
coaster, uh, the Red Sox coaster. I get all these glorious things, and I'm like, I don't want to give this up. And so to do this, we, we have to bring our kids to New Hampshire on Saturday because it's going to be three services on Sunday. Then we're doing some things in the evening with our volunteers. And then Monday is another experience. And Tuesday, two experiences. And we're like, oh, man, like, this is going to change things. We're talking as a staff, and we're like, man, you know what this is going to mean for Jillian? Jillian, you know what Jillian's doing? She's, she's sending her family down to one of the Carolinas. I don't know which one, but one of the Carolinas. And, and then what, you know what she's doing on Christmas morning? Flying out at 5 a.m. to go and be with, be with her family. And you know, Carly's uh, worship team, production, all of them, they're, together they're like, we're, we're going to give up our, our families to do, like, I think it's like six, uh, six experiences in, in like three days to sacrifice family in, in, that, in, in that regards. Jordan was like, hey, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Like, I'm living with Jason, free, free house. Like, okay, cool. But then all of a sudden, now a year later, his family actually lives here, and now he's sacrificing, like, deep family traditions with his own family that he's going to be sacrificing to be here and to do this. Graham, we really pooed on Graham. Uh, he's going to be here doing all these experiences. He, he's going to heavy with Keswick, and then he's the one preaching the week after. He's sacrificing. Why? Because behold, this day a child is born. It's great news. Peace on earth. Goodwill to all men. Behold, today a child is born. So why do we forego our rights? It's because we have a mission worth forgoing our rights to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And so this Christmas season, a page that I want to take from what Joseph, his example, is this is where I want to challenge you, is to forgo a right. You might have a, a right to, to give it to your boss, to, to, give it, to give it to the person next door. To, you might have the right to do X, Y, Z. You might have the right to, to give it to your, the son's bully. You might have the right to give it to, to who, you, who you divorce, your ex-spouse or whatnot. You might have the right to do a whole lot of things. Where might you forego a right this Christmas season to speak mercy and love to the person on the receiving end? What might it mean to them as we share Jesus with them through this? See, if, if, if Joseph wasn't willing to forgo his right, you know what he would have missed out on? You know, if he had said, this is my right, I'm going to take care of Mary. This is my right, I'm going to divorce her quietly. If he had held on to his right, he would have lost out on being part of the redemptive story. He would have lost out on the honor of, of, of being, being part of raising Jesus, being his, his earthly father in that regards. He would have lost out on that. What might you lose out on this Christmas season while you're feeling alone, while you're feeling uh, confused, all while hanging on to your rights? What might you lose out on? Jesus, at the end of this book, the same gospel, Gospel of Matthew, says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And what? Behold, I am with you always, to the ends of the age. So, so the beginning was, hey, behold, I bring you great news. Peace, great. Jesus is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Good news. When Jesus goes up into heaven, he then, he, this is an illusion. This is saying, I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit and that he's going to dwell within you. For those that say yes to relationship with Jesus Christ, God with us becomes God in us. Those that say yes, when the baby that is just a baby is born to become a king so much more, when he dies on the cross, when we say yes to Jesus as Messiah, God with us becomes God in us, and we never walk alone. Jesus never once promises any one of us an easy life. 
Forgoing your rights is not easy. It's hard. We are selfish people. We want our rights. Rain falls on the just and the unjust, the good and the bad. But what he does promise for the Christian is that you will never go through this life again alone. For the Christian, you are never alone when Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. So that's my challenge to you today. And for some of you, you've been hanging on to the right to be your own God. To be your own king. Maybe today this needs to start by you forgoing that right and saying, God, you are good, you are king, you are Lord. Jesus, save me. Let me close by praying. God, I thank you for these people. Father, I thank you for this moment, for this time. Father, I thank you for your goodness, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, the virgin birth wasn't an accident. Lord, that, Lord, Isaiah and others that proclaimed it, Lord, it, it came true. Lord, I thank you for Joseph's uh, selfless, selfless uh, example to us this morning. Father, may we be selfless this Christmas season. May we be selfless all the time because it's what you ask us to do. Lord, as we consider the rights that we need to forgo sometimes to, to be merciful and loving and to be obedient, you for, forwent your right up in heaven to come and be among us. You had every right to stay in heaven. You came down in obedience to, to run your race and die on a cross and raise three days later for us. Lord, thank you for that. And Lord, I know in this moment there are people that need to call on you as Lord and as Savior. If that is you, would you simply pray something like this in the quietness of your seat to God Almighty right now. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth, you will be saved. I'm asking you to declare it right now by saying, Jesus, I am sorry. God, I've, I've not been perfect. I've done wrong. I've been sinful. I, I'm, I'm done being my own God. I'm done being my own Lord. Today, I, I believe that, that you walked to this earth, that you were born a virgin, that you, that you lived your life and then died on a cross, taking the wrath of God for me. I believe that you rose again three days later so that, that, Lord, that I don't serve a dead God, I serve a living God, and in you I have life and life ever after. Lord, I don't have all the questions, but I know enough to, to, to today declare in my faith, Lord, in, in faith in you that you are Lord and that you are Savior. Help me on this journey. In your powerful name, amen. If you prayed that on your way out, there are Bibles for you. Please just tell one of the aisles, I prayed it, and they'll give you a Bible that explains what it means to be a Christian. Uh, in there will be starting point information that starts December 16th. Sign up for that. You can go to the guest experience area. If you're new here, check out the guest experience either. But if you said yes to Jesus, check out that area, and they want to tell you what to do next. So with that, we will see you next week. Enjoy. Peace. Bye. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.